This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. How's everything, Nick? Uh, we are we are doing fantastic. Uh, having a great day out here, man. Let's be with you. Yeah, um, I think last week we met for the first time in, in around half a year so it was good to, to see you in person and catch up um i know I was, I was expecting you to grow a whole like six inches taller or something but uh i guess it's only four inches i was told that people told i was told that like i, I grew i grew some inches um I, I didn't expect to grow that much taller but you know that's how life is you know that's how life is yeah it's, uh no it's certainly good to see you again it's a good combination of you know refreshing but also it's like huh Guess that much hasn't changed because we've been in touch almost almost every week out here with this podcast. Yeah, you you, you talked about this this past week. You've been um, applying to residencies. You've been doing interviews. You've been taking uh, different exams. How's that been going, Bob? I've got some stories for you, my friend. All right, I'm ready. I'm all okay. ears. All right. So the big adventure this week. Um, I actually went out to flew out to Los Angeles for a big interview out that way. Nice. So. As you know, um, there are two residencies I'm applying for right now. Two amazing quality ones, great ones. So I'm saying we had a plot twist going out there. Okay. Um, wow. Thursday interview. Um, flew out there Wednesday. Um, was going to have the interview on Thursday. I've been fly back Thursday night. Get back to Ithaca Friday morning. Um, Red Eye Flight. Bob, let me ask you a question. Have you seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness? I have, yes. Okay, the movie played by Will Smith, that's the story of Chris Gardner? Yes. Okay. Did you meet Chris Gardner? What's that? Did did you meet Chris Gardner? I didn't meet him. No, I did not, but that would be an honor. No, um, so I'm sorry my story will uh, be disappointing from here on out. All right, did you meet meet Will Smith? No, I did not do that either. Okay. Okay, This is is more of a a theme for the movie, but, uh, you know, when I meet them in a couple years, I'll, I'll let you know. All right. But anyways, um, there's a point in the movie where the character of Chris Gardner goes in for the interview. He just gets out of jail. He goes in there. And basically, the guy is interviewing Bob. What he says to Chris Gardner is he says, if I told you that a man came in here barely wearing a shirt, looking like that, and I told you that I hired him, what would you say? And Bob, that was Chris Gardner's time to defend himself to say, oh, my gosh, why should I get this job? And Bob, do you remember what he said? He said, because I got some good pants on. Exactly. He said, well, that man better be wearing some good pants. I love it, Bob. I love it. You are on your game. So what happened? The airport, I went from Ithaca to Philadelphia to L.A. From, and have you ever flown out of the Ithaca airport? No, not from the Ithaca airport. From Syracuse. Okay. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, smart decision. Um, tiny little airport in Ithaca. But anyways, it's so small that, like, the overhead luggage that you can care- typically take on check-in, um, they stow it under the plane. Well, I went from Ithaca to Philly. When I got out of Philly, I only had about an hour to get from, like, transfers to different terminals and everything to get my flight to LAX. Here's the issue. They lost my bag. What? <laughs> they lost my bag. They could not find it. So I had my little backpack on with, like, you know, my water bottle, my phone charger, my wallet, and stuff like that. So I sat there. I had my little portfolio with me. But my 
and I was only wearing a pair of shorts and like a Spartan t-shirt. So with this, the bag that had like all my other clothes, all my dress clothes, my, like all the clothes from my interview, my dress shoes, uh, my new suit I got, my shirt, ties, belt, all that stuff, it was missing. Oh, man. And so basically right. I some, called some people up, couldn't figure it out. They basically said I had to wait till I got to L.A. So I, I oh, sure, I got to catch my plane to get out there. So, Bob, I get out there. They still don't have my bag. I do a bunch of paperwork trying to figure things out. They're like, oh, maybe we might have it somewhere. We don't. We have no idea, basically. So here I am in this interview, think in, in this in L.A. Third, uh, Wednesday night before the interview, thinking I'm going to have to, you know, show up Will Smith style, Chris Gardner style, go in the interview and say, uh, well, I don't even have some good pants on, so I don't know what to say for myself. <laughs> you, you you had a you had a good haircut. How about that? That that would have been a good uh, good statement. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. I I appreciate the vote of confidence. I need something going for myself. So I get to the airport. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, all right. I land in LA. Things are going to be good. We're going to make it happen. Except for my phone's at 6% battery. Oh, man. So I'm trying trying to make calls and make it happen. Exactly. I get to Vegas, check in, fill out some paperwork and everything. Um, I'm sitting at the airport for a while just to freaking charge the phone up so I don't get stranded out of the middle of nowhere in LA. Get that, charge the phone up for like an hour, take the bus to get to Union Station where I can meet my friend out there who I'm crashing with. We get some to go food real fast and we show up i'm showing a picture of this after a full day of travel black shorts barn t-shirt bob i walk into a men's warehouse an hour before they close and the the funny look that the people gave me who i looked so out of place in there was like um what can we do for you <laughs> yeah so what do i say i said listen i got my interview tomorrow morning i just got here on a flight my bag is lost I need some help. And the lady's just like, okay, we need to get you. So thankfully the head manager was there who was a tailor. They got me worked out. They got, they got me a suit. They got me looking halfway decent. Um, And thankfully the airport's going to reimburse the funds for that because they freaking lost my bag, man. Yeah. Wow. Then here's the other adventure. Yeah, go ahead. Keep them going. I get back. back. Oh, Bob, the plot thickens, my friend. Yeah, the plot um, thickens a lot. This would be a, a story to be remembered. I'm driving with my friend going back to his place. He was like, oh, by the way, my shower doesn't work. I said, what do you mean? I, I can't show up all smelly to the interview. He's like, uh, well, I mean, my shower don't work. So the next morning, we uh, went, went, to the, <laughs> went to the gym, like had to wake up extra early, went to the gym, worked out there, showered up there, got all cleaned up, and uh, – Ready to go, and uh, I got dressed up. And guess what, Bob? We made it to the interview, and I had my pants on. I even had a shirt on. Had my suit and on. And you took too. a shower. And I took a shower. Thank God wow. for myself and everybody involved. Wow, that is amazing. All right. So, so the big question is, how did this interview go? Uh, awful. No, I'm kidding. It went well. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. It was an in-depth interview. I, I liked the process, though. So, kind of had three major sections, Bob. The first section was a panel of three different clinicians that I was interviewing with. Um, great people loved love the questions they asked love kind of the process behind it a lot of just basic things about me a lot of clinical reasoning a lot of like thought processes and that was really good and they asked some great questions got to know them better too then two of them ducked out one of them stayed for that next part um he was like he gave me a patient case he said by the way i'm the patient 
so I had to do a full, you know, subjective, objective assessment plan, um, eval and treat for this fake patient in front of me who happens to be an extremely good hands-on manual therapist that um, is obviously great at me, great at my clinical reasoning, asking me questions as I go about it too. Um, so I was a little bit nerve-wracking, but I was, I was excited for the process. And that went decent. There are certainly things I could have improved on, but it was awesome getting his feedback in his perspective and we enjoyed it a lot Bob. wow that's great that, that's amazing did you tell them about what happened oh i did so i walk in there they say hey nick nick thanks for coming man how, how you doing and i said i'll be honest with you guys i'm rolling with the punches right now i'm pumped to be here i'm excited to be here but the airport lost my bag i uh, had no dress clothes went to men's warehouse an hour before they closed scrummage this thing up and uh we're here focused ready to go man and so uh, I certainly, did you uh, tell them about the shower? I did not tell them about the shower. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a job interview. It's, uh, I certainly did not secure the job yet. So I didn't want to uh, pass up too many details. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a smart idea. Wow. That's, that's a really an adventure. Um, yeah. But then but, the, uh, the, the last part of the interview, Bob was funny. It was with kind of a head honcho lady. Um, she's been there a long time, over uh, about, about 30 years or so. And we go into the interview. And it's entertaining, man. She and like we connected really, really well. So we had a fun talk. But she goes in there and she sits me down. And she says, "I don't know you. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what you've accomplished. I don't even know what school you went to. And frankly, I don't care. I'm here to get to know you. And like we just we just talked, man. We talked about she was asking deep questions, you know, the simple like strengths and weaknesses things. What do you want out of this experience?" She she asked me directly, what is your purpose on this earth? And Bob, you know how pumped up I get about this kind of these conversations, these kind of things. Yeah. I love this stuff. I love it. So the conversation I had with her, man, it was it was great. I think she because she was very um, personable, patient, and also very direct. And I think she appreciated the directness I was able to provide back to her as well. Wow, that that sounds like an amazing experience. Other than like the the bumpy roads in the beginning, it sounds like um, you had an amazing interview. Here's the thing. I'm never going to forget that story. That's a guarantee. How was the trip back? Did they lose your bag again? <laughs> well, I never got the bag back at first. Um, so yeah. I was going throughout the whole thing and, you know, calling them up tons and tons of times to see. They never even called me back. I called them back, taking the bus on the way back to the airport. And they said, after like 15 minutes of research, they said, oh, it seems we have your bag here in L.A. So I'm like, clutch. So I got my bag back. Thankfully, nothing was stolen from it. Still had everything in it um, and made it back to Ithaca safe and sound on just a, just a few hours of sleep, man. Wow, that's, that's amazing. It, it also shows the testament to, to your character of under all that pressure, under all that, that stress. Like you're, going, you're going to California for the interview, um, and those clothes are specifically for the interview that is happening tomorrow. And, and I, I assume when you got to California, it was completely like it was nighttime, right? Um, but you were able to, to really think quick on your feet and adapt to the certain situation, like being able to go to, to men's warehouse to buy um, a new suit, going to, to take a shower in the morning, like efficiently, and, and even getting a workout. And that, that's great. That's a great story. Yeah, and that's truly so the body felt great doing that, moving around. you got to get those workouts in just to get the physiology moving and feeling good. But, Bob, it was a uh, – not to pretend that, like, oh, yeah, dude, oh, sweet, a roadblock, a little roadblock, man. Let's get after this. Like, uh, no, it was uh, – there was certainly some frustration involved, too. I'm not to pretend like I was always the uh, 
most cool, calm, and collected. But hey, when you got no options, you just gotta keep moving forward. But I think a broader theme to this is that um, as long as you keep on going and persevere, it'll all work out in the end. Um, I'm sure during the time, like you said, that it was a very stressful time, and you felt maybe you don't, maybe you're not, maybe you felt like the world was ending, maybe not. Um, um, no, no, I'm I'm thankful. I thought the world was still going on. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I think the bigger theme is that, like, in the moment, it seems like such a big problem, such a big issue. But then, looking back, as you're telling me the story, you, you can laugh it off. You can say like, "Yep, this is a story that's gonna go down in the books." But I made it through. Um, everything went well. I, I made it back alive and and had a great interview. Absolutely, Bob. Couldn't say it any better, my friend. That, that, that's a great um, – I don't know if there's any other themes you want to talk about, like overarching themes other than just moving forward uh, and rolling with the punches. So I think I think it is that. I think it's the adaptability because, Bob, we talk about the the internal a lot, right? I mean, even on our podcast, we, we mentioned the idea that every external journey starts with the internal, right? But yep. I think we often forget that there's the – the external world, sometimes we have to just toughen up and meet the expectations of the external world. And it's one thing for me to say, yeah, I've got the, I've got the internal toughness and all this and stuff. But uh, when the external environment hits me, when I, when I don't have the clothes I need, when I, all this other situations are going on, can I meet the external demands placed upon me? Can I show up with good quality and have a great interview when the situation is not ideal? And I think that that's something that, we have to talk on one end of the dichotomy for so long, but these external demands can be important. And can you just show up and make it happen? Yeah. We we talk about this a lot um, about like everything is like fine and dandy until like you get punched in the face, actually. Everybody so got all... plans to get punched in the face, Mike Tyson. Yes. So like, like we, we talk about the mindset thing, like everything's great. Mindset is amazing. But then when the external environment provides you with, something hard like this um it's it's a battle between the internal and external uh mindset what would you say that that's about right absolutely bob absolutely in it i had a chance recently to talk to some of my good friends about uh some of the growth i had back in my high school days and everything and i told you a story about the two wolves right the two oh the two wolves yes yes about Native American. You, you can tell it again, just just so we can refresh ourselves. But yes, Bob, I would love to. It would uh, there'd be no greater honor in this life. There's a Native American grandfather and his grandson, and they're walking along. And the grandfather says, "You know, there are two wolves within each of us. There's a wolf of peace, of joy." fulfillment of love and there's a wolf of evil of anger of jealousy and they're constantly fighting in an eternal battle with each other constantly rolling around slashing clawing biting and as uh all good storytellers do bob he pauses he waits for the, <laughs> grand- he, he waits for the grandson and bob what does the grandson ask the grandson asked, well, Grandpa, who wins? Who, who, who always wins at the end? The one you feed. 
the one you see. The one that you is see. it. It is the wolf that you see that you choose to give your time, energy, intention, thoughts to. That you feed those neurons in your brain. There's a fire together, wire together. You create the pathways of life for yourself. And that's why it's tough to create new habits because new habits takes place of old habits. As we rewrite it, rewrite those old habits, we create our new neural pathways in our brain. We are literally carving out the forest and the pathways within it that we walk upon. And with each repetition, our footprint becomes a little bit more solidified down that pathway. So as we go off the beaten path, we make the beat of our own drum and our own pathway. That beat gets stronger and stronger and stronger as we feed that wolf. Yeah, last week we talked about automatically folding the cards. Um, I think that was last week, and I think that parallels with, with feeding which wolf. So if you constantly fold the cards to, to whatever thing that's hard, um, you're constantly feeding that wolf of automatically folding the cards. Now, something that I've been trying to do recently, or that I've been doing recently, is, is taking cold showers. And have you, do you take cold showers often? So I mix actually. I used to do it all the time. Um, I'm a, I'm seasonal with it. I'll tell you that much. When I got food in my gut and everything, oh, that shit does not feel good. So I uh, take nice, <laughs> nice, warm, easy showers. But uh, I need, if I got some muscle soreness, I need some recovery. Um, a little bit toasty. Yeah, I'll take a good cold shower. Yeah. So, so I, I understand like from the physiological side of things, um, to, to take a cold shower to help. It, it can help potentially. Um, but where I'm getting at is is this mental side of taking a cool shower. So I go to my shower. I'm, I'm butt naked. Um, and I, 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 turn I, would, on, I would hope so in the shower. <laughs> I turn on. I turn on. I, uh, turn on I'm, I'm in my shower. Mouth. I'm wearing. I'm wearing my my full suit and my three baseball caps. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm I'm butt naked. I, I turn on my uh, my cold knob for the water, and I could just feel the cold just like dripping on me and. And my my body just like clenches up. My mind's my like, mind. you're not doing this, Bob. You're not gonna do this. Uh, you're gonna just turn on the hot water and you're gonna have a great shower. And then I just tell myself, nope. This is this is this idea of automatically folding to to hard and challenging things. And I just go in the shower and I take a cold shower. Um, that's what I've been doing. And and I feel like again, just training that pattern of. Um, when you're faced with this uncomfortable situation, are you just going to fold by turning on the hot water or are you just going to jump in and, and go for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's intentionally creating situations in yourself where um, you're not just taking the easy road out because as one of my good friends said very recently, if you're, you're talking reference to playing a pickup basketball game, but he was uh, yelling at another one of his friends and said, if you're lazy in this, you're going to be lazy in every other area of your life. And it's, uh, it's absolutely true. And that's the way that I, I live by. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm, I'm fine for having a, a fun time, but uh, let's get after it, man. Let's live life with some intention and go hard with whatever we're doing and be intentional and present with whatever we're doing. I feel like I'm finding, especially um, there are some things that I intentionally uh, – do that that help me with this mindset like for example crossfit i've been doing crossfit for about three months um and 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 it's terrible i i don't i don't i don't like particularly enjoy doing the actions and motions 
Um, but I feel like for the mindset training of, oh, you got to run. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. Um, of pushing yourself so you don't quit. Um, that's what, that's the muscle that I've been training the most that I feel like when I'm doing CrossFit. Um, but, but there are other times when I avoid stuff uh, that I push off, but still with me trying to train these muscles, eventually it'll help me overcome other things, if that makes sense. Absolutely. What I've found so basically, for, for myself is that these obstacles we see is that as you're used to pushing yourself, pushing yourself, pushing yourself, all of a sudden these big daunting walls ahead of you just look like, oh, that's just a couple of bricks right there. I just got to take down one brick at a time, man. Yeah. I mean, yes. It's, I don't know if this is going to be a good analogy, but like, like you said, from a distance, the wall looks super big and super thick. But then once you come close, closer to the wall and actually make that journey to the wall, but the walls made out of cotton candy. That was a, I don't know if that was a great analogy or not, but um, I just, so so is this like a diabetes thing? I don't know. Is, is it gonna be now? I don't know. You is talk that, about a wall full of cotton candy, man. That ain't uh, that ain't too pretty. Well, well, okay, fine. It, it's gray cotton candy, so um, it looks there, 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 very. There's, Bob, there, there's no such thing. I can't support that. There's no such thing as great uncolored cotton candy. Well, <laughs> so so it looks like very very scary, like it's a very scary wall, and then the, the path to that wall is full of thorns, full of uh, monsters and creatures. But then once you get to the wall, it, it's not that bad. It's cotton candy. Um, that's my that's my on the spot made up analogy for tonight. So okay, I'm uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you about the constructive criticism. Uh, You've had better analogies, but uh, we'll roll with it, man. Okay. That, uh, right. that, that the looming danger ahead, and oftentimes it's the anticipation, the fear of such, the excitement, anticipation towards that is more daunting than the object itself. Yes. Like, you're right. You're right. Um, so another thing that I also wanted to touch upon today was was this concept of um, of time. So basically when when you're like in the moment when you when you have that slow state of everything feels well everything feels great you're you're doing things that you're passionate about or like you're super busy like you're doing busy work time time passes quickly right yeah. but then when you're not in that state when you have when you don't have something to um use as a stimulus for your brain time just moves slower um, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna modify something you said, Bob. Okay. When you're in a flow state, it's not that time moves quicker. It's, it's that, not that time for say that one more time. It's, it's not that time moves quicker when you're in the flow state. It's that you lose track of time. It's that sometimes you can things slow down where it's almost like the game or the competition or the element you're in. It just it breaks down to your speed, your pace, what you are doing. And it's not about always oh, be going so fast, rapid fire, but it's, I'm not worried about time. It's just is you're in that state of being, you're completely locked in. And that's what you're doing. Yes. So, so um, back to what I want to talk about is, is that, and thank you for that correction or thank you for that, that statement. Um, when you're not, when you don't have that stimulus, it time, the time that you perceive is longer, right? 
um, that is that is moving slower. And what most people tend to do, or what I'm finding myself tending to do, is, is that I'm I need to look for a certain stimulus, which is which is social media or, or my phone, for example. Now I know you're you're not an avid user of social media. I don't even think you have social media other than other than podcast. Um, so I want to ask you, like, what exactly do you do when you have those moments of non-stimulus activity, like non-stimulus states? Does that make sense? Is that is that a valid question for you? That is a fantastic question, Bob. When I have those in between times, when I have those times of, huh, I'm not doing anything right now, actively. Um, what do I find myself either intentionally or unintentionally doing? And I think that goes to our question of upregulation or downregulation. And when I say that, Bob, do you know what that means? I do not. In what context? Okay. Upregulation being the activity, the do, the action, the sympathetic nervous system, the go, 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 whereas the downregulation. Rest and digest, parasympathetic, cool, calm, collective. It's not the human doing, it's the human being. And there's a big difference between the two. So my question is, you know, it appears a pattern for you is, hey, this is Bob Chang, productive man, businessman, goal-oriented man. When is it Bob Chang is human? Objecting is chilling. And that doesn't always have to be unproductive. But that can be much more relaxing, much more natural. I think that's where we have to start this conversation of do we always have to be truly doing something or filling our time with something or something occupying us? Or can we get into that mindset? Can we get into that state of being and really try and use the words know thyself, understand yourself better? So to answer your question about me, Bob, before I kind of went off on that side tangent that I believe is directly related, there are some times where I'm like, yeah, let me uh, let me let me fill the time with something. I got a uh, got the emails to check. I got you know uh, some more research articles to read. I got to catch up with some friends, that kind of thing. I can fill the time with that all day. I definitely can. Um, got to you know title my new podcast or whatever that kind of stuff. Um, talk it like find out all my to-do list of things I need to do later, or I can take that quiet, peaceful time, time to know myself better, time to even as I walk or as I drive, whatever, meditate a little bit, time to go inside of myself, have more body awareness, um, time to for myself pray a little bit. I'm um, just getting in touch with who I am without any distraction around me. Um, and I think that I certainly could use the benefit of shifting from more of the upregulation to downregulation um, and doing even more of what I do with that. But I think that's the balance for me is um, I feel like I'm even more, when I do go to upregulate, that's not a bad thing by any means. We're very productive. We're busy. We do what we do. We're excited and passionate about life. We have to be people of action. But you also have to have that recharge time too. And I think that that's a important element I like including in that downtime so that, you know, if you're just climbing the mountain all day and you don't have appreciation for a little bit of shade and rest, you're not going to be going quite as hard. Same thing, if you're, you can't go anaerobic for too long straight, 
you've got to be going aerobic if you're steady. So if you just have a little bit of rest, some cool collection back there, the next time you sprint, you've got the energy to actually go. Okay. I like that. So it's it's about it's about this realization that it's okay to have it's okay to to be quote unquote a human being. So a human that's that's just being. Um but my my question is for you, when you fill in those blank spots, right? When you fill in those times when, when you can be when you can like have the opportunity to, to down regulate and you do do things that up regulate like like reading a research article for example, right? How do you how do you have that um, you can call it, I guess willpower to, to do things that are more upregulated? To do okay, so, so how do I how do I make so, the decision of what I'm doing? Yes, you can say that. Yeah. Okay. Good question. For me, it's a lot of this going to be a cheap answer. Um, it's about balance. So for me, if I feel like hey, I'm doing a lot, I'm doing a lot. If I feel like I'm getting bogged down or tired or a little bit of, you know, extra weight on my shoulders, I need to take the time to get more introspective, get to myself again, um, to recharge in that way. So I know I'm going to be more efficient later on. If I'm just, hey, I'm chilling, I'm doing good, and like, oh, I got a few minutes of opportunity. Um, yeah, I'll check the email, see if there's anything um, important or business-focused to get to. I'll see, you know, what friends I can get in touch with. I'll, um, you know, get some new research articles, some things that are moving me in the direction of my goals. Um, but knowing that, you know, what makes me a better clinician and PT or other attitudes of, a, you know, strength coach or things moving towards my goals, what makes me a better that is also what makes me a better person. And so if I'm taking the time to be more introspective and look at my own mindset and reflect upon that, then that is also making me a better person and making me better at going after my goals. So it's, uh, it's certainly a balance with it, Bob, but I, I know in my life I truly do need both. Okay. I like that. Thank, thanks, for, uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, just realizing that it's important to have a balance and it's okay to to, to play and, and have that rest. Oh, um, and I would argue it's uh, not only important, but it's it's essential. I think that's something that I used to have the attitude too much of. It's like, oh, man, we're working. We got to work. We got to be serious. No, you can, you can have fun when you're working. You can enjoy it. You can thrive with it. You can also take breaks and, and love that, too. Just because you love taking breaks doesn't mean you don't love your work. Um, you know, there's something to be said for being relentless and getting after it and really being tenacious with your work. But you can, you can also take breaks and go after different stuff that you enjoy for the totality of life. That's not saying that you're taking a break from what you're doing for days on end, but it's a little moment of appreciation to get back to it, to have a social life and all these other things that make us who we are. I like that. Um, let's think also that's a great place to to, to leave the episode on. Um, now, before we end, is there anything else you want to add, Nick? Bob Chang, I'm thriving. I'm doing all set, my friend. Take us away. Perfect. I love the story. Um, now, I do want to touch upon, so the whole reason we're, we're doing this, well, one of the reasons we're doing this yeah, podcast is, is the accountability portion, which which we haven't really, which I haven't really touched upon in the past um, few episodes, the few weeks. Now, now the last 
accountability task that I signed for myself was writing a, a blog post and posting that. So I did that. Um, but then once we stopped staying uh, or, or signing a task for myself, I just kind of just winded down and then other things just took priority. Interesting. Now, it's, it's, it's funny how that works, isn't it? When the, when the worm's off the hook a little bit, you get kind of complacent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happens. Now I do want to, so you mentioned something about being introspective and then really uh, taking the time to, to think about yourself and, or talk to yourself. Um, yeah. That's something that I really want to do. I, I want to spend at least 45 minutes doing that and just typing something up by next week. Now, this is something so, that I want to do these past few weeks. For the sake of just being reflective, taking the time to just be very present and know yourself more. Yes, for at least 45 minutes. Now, can I I offer you a piece of encouragement? Yes. I'll offer it after I hear your reason behind it. I want to hear your reason behind it. So I I, I do want to add a time component to it. Now, obviously, if if I just say to my – if I just – it's not going to be like 45 minutes, like, straight. It's going to be like 45 minutes broken up throughout the week. But um, I do want to set a time cap so it's not just me sitting down 10 minutes before a podcast <laughs> episode creating something up and just, just going rolling with that. So I want to like do it throughout the week um, just just to know that it's really something for me to be introspective with. But But go ahead. I think that's smart. I like it. What I would encourage you to do to truly have the opportunity to be more introspective I would encourage you for those 45 minutes not to even type, not to even do anything. Maybe walk around, but not even hold your phone, not even any stimuli. But then later on, spend additional time actually typing out and reflecting upon that experience. And I think you're gonna, it can be more difficult than you think, and I think you're going to get even more out of it. Okay. Yeah, I'll try it. So the same check, I, I forgot how much is on the line, but the same check is on the line. On the line, we are putting the wager down. It has been down, and now we are uh, – we've gone off track a little bit. We're getting back on track. We're ready to go for yourself, Bob. Yep. Now I'll, I'll report back next week. All right? All right. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. So this was a great episode. It was great catching up again. It was a great uh, thing to hear about your interview, the, the plot twist, and, and how you, you bounced back. So. Got a shirt, man. Got a shirt. Got a shirt and a shower. That's, that's all you need. And, and some pants and everything else. Uh, (laughs) All right. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.